Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Forgive and Forget. My name is Hal Sadie, a.k.a. Halu, and this is the show where I talk about the stuff that's going on in my life. I'll give you a quick story, and I'll talk about the news. But today, it's a different show, okay? I got a guest on the show today. His name is Simply Courtney. He is a comedian, rapper, and other stuff. Like, he does a lot of stuff, so you'll find out in the episode. If you want to follow Courtney's shenanigans... Uh, he is on Instagram. He is I am simply Courtney, and it's all on the show description. So I'm I'm not gonna bother spelling it out. So if you want to follow him, it's right there. Just click on it, and then he's on Twitter. He's also simply Courtney. It's all with a Y. So S Y M P L Y. That's how he spells simply Courtney. He's got a reason for it, and uh, Courtney is just the same as Courtney. But there you go. So. He, he also has some shows th- that are coming up. Uh, please pay attention at the end if you want to go and watch those. They're at the end. I'm sorry. I, I apologize, Courtney. I apologize to you, fellow listeners. Um, but there you go. So welcome, Courtney, to the show, everybody. All right. So you guys, I got a great comedian with me. His name is Simply Courtney. And that is two Ys, right? Yep. So S Y M P L Y. Okay. And then C L U R T N E Y. Normal spelling of Courtney. Okay. All right. So, uh, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me. Why am I sitting like this? I, yeah, you're good, dude. So, I uh, <laughs> there's good. a dog by my feet. So I want to <laughs> make sure I'm more comfortable. I'm trying yeah, to make sure the dog around, is comfortable. Move around. He'll move around. Well, I'm trying to make sure the dog's more comfortable than I am. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> sit like this so he handles stays comfortable. Don't worry about it. Just move the chair. He'll move if you need to. No, it's fine. I'll, you know what? I will do that. Let me because I don't want. Yeah, this you to don't want to be like camera. twisting your back or anything Hannibal, like that. Hannibal, I love you, buddy. But I have size 14. <laughs> I'm trying to you're avoid 14? your tail. Size 14. Oh, man. That, you're a tall fella, dude. I am. I am. I don't even know if I'm in frame. Let me scoot over to where you have in frame. Uh, let me see. I'll, I'll check. I uh, did the age okay. thing. You're good. So from 10 all the way up until 14, I was whatever age I was. That was the size two I wore. What? And now my son is tracking to do the same thing. How old's your son? He's 12. He's and 12, he wears so he's 12. already 12, too. He's already have a He's on his way to 12 and a half. I think right now he's, I, I think he's 12 and a half already. Yeah. And I mean, he is 12 and a half. And so he turns in September. And so I was like, by the time he turns 13, he'll probably be wearing a 13 as well. And I'm just Dang, like, dude. all right, dude. My mom told me, said, when you hit 14, after 14, you're on your own. And luckily by then <laughs> I started kind of working and I started saving money buying my own shoes. But yeah, uh, 14. Damn, man. dude, the 14, like how hard is it to get those? It's, it's difficult because now it's this weird thing where I don't know if it's more common or what, but I know that online, the first sizes to go are 12s, 13s, and 14s from what I saw. Obviously, 8s and 10s are the normal. But it's like whenever I see stuff advertised, 14s are always like the next thing that's like gone. Really? So I don't know if it's more difficult because maybe there's more stylist big people out there or if maybe shoes are just doing that by making smaller quantities to check up the price or what. Yeah. But it does become hard for me to find stuff that I specifically like in 14s. Yeah. Um, I lived that life as a kid. As a teenager, I would go into the store and I would see the size 14 in the, I called it the Bigfoot bastard section. And, uh, I would go there and I'd be like, this color sucks, this color sucks, this color sucks. And so I would have to buy like something with fuchsia, neon, and burgundy oh, on man. one <laughs> shoe. And then I'd have to match the clothing to the shoe after I bought it. But yeah, it's 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 not the funnest thing in the world. But at the same time, I'm learn I've learned to be malleable <clears throat> that whenever I buy a shoe, I will find um 
the clothes that match the suit, or I'll just say screw it and not match. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, you know, you're growing now, you can just not match. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to it match everything. Matter. That color, I don't see that color. You know, <laughs> it's like, doesn't it have orange on it. Who cares? I'm not dressing to the yeah, orange. Man, dressed I, to the my black. Shoe fits. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy, dude. So your son's twelve. You have a daughter as well. I have right? a daughter. She's fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, so she's she doesn't older. wear the fourteen. Okay. Though. okay. She stopped at ten. Thank okay. God. <laughs> yeah, she stopped at ten. She's good. Ten still pretty big. Pretty like, big. My yeah. my wife has ten like size ten feet. They're pretty big. Dude. Okay. So the last two women I've dated both wore size tens, and I'm like, I didn't know that. No disrespect. I didn't know women's feet got that big. Like I was like, I thought women's feet were like, you know, yeah. stick, but yeah, like, they're no, typically 10. petite, but, mm-hmm. but hey, man, corn fed ladies or something Dude, like that, you know, size 10, man, size 10 is shopping for them is interesting because you're looking at the shoe and you're like, this is considered big. Well, for me, I'm looking at this is considered big. Then I put it next to my foot. And I'm like, oh, my feet are really big. <laughs> I forget. Like, I think that my height, and I'm only 6'3", so I'm not that much I mean, on the ground. Only is not. I know. I know, right? It's understatement. Like, what? <laughs> I look down, and I'm like, my feet aren't that big. Or I'll go to the store, and I'll see a shoe sitting on, like, a display thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, that shoe's humongous. And I got a call. Sorry. No, you're good. They're going to leave a message, too. And so I freaking look at the shoe up here, and I'm like, that's humongous. Then I put it down next to my foot, and it just shrinks as it gets closer and closer. Then it's like a size either one um, above mine or below mine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's my shoe. <laughs> I have a big foot. But, I mean, your, your, your feet are proportional to your size. Thank though. you. Yeah. I, I wondered always. I always wonder sometimes if people are looking at me going, look at this giant-footed person. But I was like, <laughs> I feel like I carry it all well. So. No, dude, you're like, it's fine. Uh, did you ever feel like? Uh, like misproportion at some point in mm-hmm. your life? I always feel like I had a small head compared to my body. Yeah. I actually just had a thought before I left the house when I was getting ready to come out here. And I saw like um, pictures of myself before I grew my hair out, before I grew my mane out. Mm-hmm. My mane. And uh, I was like, man, I had like one of those bodies like a freaking, um, I don't know what the characters are called off of. Uh, so it's Mario. Yeah, and I don't know if they're the Koopas or what, but like they're the big old lumbering oh, the, dudes. They're not Koopas. What no, are those? they're the the movie anyway. So the movie. Yeah, the little mushroom thing. I don't know. Is it the brown with the? No. no. Oh, so the... it's this, these are big lizard things. Maybe they were Koopas. I don't know. Oh, I mean they're walking it's... around like this here, and they had like like snake heads or something like that. Oh, uh, it could be Koopas. I haven't watched the movie, so I, it I don't wasn't know. that good. And this is the the oldest movie, not the oh, not oh the like the movie. like the one like the live action one. Yes, okay. yes. I think John Leguizamo. Yeah, John Leguizamo and the, yeah. the Italian dude. I forgot the other guy's name, but right, none of us know his name, but we know he was in the movie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, like we when we see him, we know it was Mario. Not Joe Pesci, you yeah. know. Like that's, it. that's the only reference we have for that guy. Yeah, but I, it's been a long time since I watched that. But I do I remember anything from that movie? I don't think I remember anything mm-hmm. from that movie. I remember those characters, and that's literally yeah. it. I mean, it, it, to like no offense, it wasn't that great of a movie. I didn't think so. I just watched something where it talked about all the video game movies are all bad. Yeah, and I remember trying to. I swore up and down. That the Mortal Kombat, the first one was good, and I think I watched pieces of it, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh God, it was bad." Yeah. Like the animation was bad, the story was really bad. And they said typically, uh, movie to or game to movies adaptations are never good, and I was like, "Nah, Street Fighter." Yeah. Watched it. It was Horrible. bad. It was yeah. bad, but I loved it. I loved John Claude Van Damme. Yeah. As a guy, I was like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing ever." Do a backflip because that Sonic yeah. Boom thing he did was the yeah. coolest thing ever. But it was all bad. Yeah, it, it, they're getting better. I've, I've, 
the one thing that I was that I've seen that's really good compared to the ga- to the game is like, have you seen The Last of Us? No, I haven't. What is that? And that's the Survivor game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a zombie sort of thing, but it's okay. like a it's kind of like a pandemic that went on, and then these creatures become like kind of zombies because okay. of a mushroom, and but the, the thing is like they made it like a series it's not a movie so oh, that's okay. why like they could like they really stuck to the actual so it's theme. a little better probably because they have some time to like dive into stuff yeah. and like do they so and you've seen you've played the game i would imagine yeah i played the game yeah how yeah. accurate are they towards from series to game it's it's very 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 close. accurate yeah, it's very okay close, okay yeah. Maybe i think that helps. i think that's why okay. it's really good because sometimes they have to cut certain things or they have to embellish certain things to make the movie work like Excuse me. I watched the most recent Mortal Kombat. Moto. I can never say it. Mortal. Mortal Kombat. Mortal, Mortal Kombat. And I remember there were certain things that they had to add in, yeah. and I was like, "Why did they do that? Like they could have literally just made the movie about the tournament. Yeah. We'd have been totally fine. Yeah. We don't need a love interest. We don't need a familial plot. Just make it about, yo, Earth's Mightiest Warriors. But then again, that was the first one, so they couldn't redo that entire first one, which yeah. I think they could have." But it was one of those things that I've seen it where they will add things in to make it movie esque, and I yeah. was like, "Stop! Like just, just make the movie about them fighting. Like literally, yeah. just put. You could have made that movie and had five fights between the characters. People would have loved the it. end. We'd have watched that. Yeah. Or make it the tournament thing where one guy's fighting, he moves up, fights another one, then there's a girl at the top, he beats a girl, then he has to fight Shao Kahn. We're good. Yeah, that would that would have been great. I'd um, watch that as a movie. Um. The la- I haven't seen the last one that came, that came out like four years ago or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, was that mm-hmm. any good? I didn't like it. I thought it was crap because of literally what I just described with yeah. the whole um, them making it into like him having a love interest, trying to save his daughter mm-hmm. and his wife, and then he's he's Scorpion's yeah. distant relative, and and he has his power is that he he grows a, a goofy skin over himself yeah. and uses the beat. Man sticks. I don't even know what this whole thing was about. Okay. His power sucked. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can you like do something cool? And he's yeah. like, no, I'm just going to be a regular dude. I, I hate to call it what it is, but they whitewashed the hell out of it. They really did. They really whitewashed it. And I was like, dude, that needs to be an Asian dude. Yeah. I need that to be like a legit Asian dude. I don't need him to be ambiguous. I need him to be straight up Asian dude yeah. and do some Asian dude stuff. I'm going to be messed up for a second. I don't need him doing white boy stuff. I need him to be doing flips and uh, using nunchucks and yeah, whatever's whatever, in Mortal Kombat. They, they do, yeah. Shoot some fire out your butt, man. I don't want you to come <laughs> up here being a regular person. I mean, it, it's a crazy game to begin with. That's so what I'm like. Make the movie crazy. Fatality. Pull somebody's head out. Yeah. Pull their head out. Pull their spine out. Then stab them with their spine afterwards. Yeah. And then look at the camera and go, fatality. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, I, I'm more of a, I'm not a purist. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, just get it done the way it was already done. Yeah, I mean, if you're basing it on something, might as well make it true to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was pretty bad. It was ghastly. It was fun though. Yeah, I will say, okay. bad movies can be so fun. Yeah, and well, Mortal Kombat was definitely. They fun. make it for some reason. Really bad movies become really funny too. Always, yeah. always. And it's like you're watching this. And you're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to get anything from this yeah. plot. I'm not supposed to just watch this lizard creature <laughs> that's representative of reptile. Yeah. Do lizard creature stuff. You know, he's not even, he's he's less humanoid than the one I think they had before, if there was one, if I remember. But it wasn't that humanoid. It was more creature-based than anything else. Like, I don't even remember if he did, did like, martial arts. I think the thing was just, like, spitting stuff. And oh, just, really? Yeah, they literally made it just, like, a giant Komodo dragon-esque looking mm-hmm. thing or something. I don't know how to describe him, but it wasn't like he didn't get down and have, like, you know, 
was it anapomorphic like body parts yeah. instead he was just like <laughs> <laughs> okay. i was like wait was that reptile or was that a reptile was, you know, okay different. so were you like big into games growing up i was i let's see first system first system that i owned proper sega genesis i okay. think was the first one i had yeah, I went backwards. I had Sega Genesis first, mm-hmm. and then I got a Super Nintendo. Okay. Then obviously I came into the world of PlayStation. But uh, yeah, man, I was always, if I went to my friends and they had video games, that was all we were about. And then once I had my own stuff, that was me, dude. I was a sports game. Yeah. Even sometimes the fighting. I was never that good at fighting games, but sports and war games were my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had a Genesis too. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I, I had a... I had an NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, the the original one, and then I went to Genesis. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we skipped the the Super Nintendo. A lot of people did. A lot of people skipped Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo is a very underrated um, system, man. Yeah, dude, it's a great system. Yeah, yeah. Like I played a few of the video game like games from that. Like after, like way mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. it came out, I'm like, oh man, how did I miss this? Mm, and then, it, it, dude, it's a great system. And then I went to the Nintendo 64, and then I I, I like. I love video games. I don't play them that much Most anymore. Of us don't. Yeah. yeah. You want to? I remember I gave up video games for comedy. Yeah. I remember just telling myself Same that here, I dude. need to focus in more on, um, just focus in more on comedy, producing, writing, etc. Yeah. And at this point, I wasn't producing shows. This was me just producing material. Yeah. And better results. And so I remember telling myself, you know, when I'd be at home, I'd be like, "Nah, I'm just gonna play this game." And then, you know, I need to write. I need yeah. to leave or whatever. I'd even use that as an excuse sometimes to go home early instead of like yeah. doing the um, FaceTime or the hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, dude, if you really want this to be something, you're going to have to give up something. And so I remember giving up, like I gave my son my PlayStation uh, 3 at the time. Yeah. And he took that thing and he played the heck out of it. Matter of fact, he still has a variant of it now in his room. Obviously, the one that I originally gave him, that one crapped out a while back. Yeah. But it was one of those things that I remember thinking to myself, like, but this is who I am. He's like, yeah, but comedy is who you are. And there's always that saying, you know, uh, you do as a child and then you give up, you know, to become a man, et cetera. Yeah. And so I remember thinking, like, how crazy it was that I gave up some of my childhood to my child yeah. in order for me to try to, you know, move forward. And I don't regret it at all, even though there are times, like, when I'm hanging with him, I'll be like, man, I remember this. This was fun. But I just remember there was so much idle time. Now, of course, I replaced it with damn devices, and so yeah. <laughs> like I, social media is just just as bad. Yeah. I'm gonna give them my my uh, Instagram soon. Yeah. But um, now all oh, video games were my thing, and I still have friends that we talk about video game stuff. Like I have a homie right now. Uh, shout out to my homie Tony. Uh, we will talk to each other every now and then, and we'll still yell at each other in quotes from video games. Like there's like a Metal Gear Solid Tenchu. And there's some game, some kind of special ops game or whatever it was. Okay. That we'll do like the little grunt from the, um, I guess the, it's not the select menu. What is it? The options menu or something like that. Yeah. And so we'll make little sounds towards each other that are from that. And that's from like when we were freaking eighth grade. Okay. So that's over 20 years ago now yeah. at this point. <laughs> and I was awesome. like, hmm? Huh? What? Yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah, dude. It, you. So, you, like, it, video games were, were, were you, like, more of a geek growing up, or were you also a jock? At the I was time? both. I was yeah. I was both. And I tell people I still kind of have a uh, foot in both sides of the world. Uh, I am definitely uh, the jock that played the sports, the typical Texan that played football and all yeah. that. But then I was also, like, the video game, music, art person. I tell people in high school, I used to go hang out probably with the ROTC and the karate kids and the, you know, the, the gamers. Uh 
and then every now and then I'd go hang out with my jock friends as well. Mm-hmm. But I felt more comfortable probably around the um, the outcast, yeah, the ones that weren't the you know premium prime time placed you know kids. Yeah. I was always that one that kind of hung out with the kids that you know didn't necessarily get all the love and all of that. So yeah. I think I felt found kinship in both sides. Yeah, yeah. I I have the same thing. I wasn't like a jock. What I what I grew up in Costa Rica and what I I played soccer, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. After like eighth or ninth grade, I stopped playing soccer, but like I always got along with everybody and I had like the same thing. Like I kind of feel more comfortable with with the outcasts as well, but I felt like I I had a great connection with with like with the popular kids or whatever. I think that's dope. I mean, so you you stopped in ninth grade, but you still hung out with them 10, 11, 12 and stuff. That's so cool. Did they ever try to get you to come back? Um, I wasn't that good, so probably not. Okay, okay. (laughs) So it wasn't ever that threat of I'm going to come back someday and play. I, I was a really good goalkeeper, but I didn't oh. want to be a goalkeeper. I get that. Because, I, I don't know, I, if I would have, like, actually stuck to it, I might have been, like, a decent goalkeeper yeah. overall. But I, probably overall, that's best that I didn't do that. I don't know. That's the toughest thing. When you get a position that you don't want to do, and I know that a lot of times people probably want to be, what, the forward or striker, I guess. Yeah, you want to be the star. Dude, yeah, so. I get it. And it's tough because nobody wants to be the fullback. Nobody wants to be the goalkeeper that just sits there. It's like a yeah. – I think every sport has that version. Like, I think baseball, the catcher, um, football, definitely anything on the line because that was me. I was on the line. Basketball, playing post. Those are all necessary positions, but you get kids that get put in those positions and they see their friends, they get to be the star and the person that has the ball and everybody's cheering for them. And everybody was like, I want to be that kid. I was never the small kid. So I always got relegated to uh, football. We have the offensive line. Yeah. And that's where I was always relegated. I got to do defensive line too, but my son's kind of going through right now, except he's a lot more slight than I am. Okay. He's, he's as tall as I was. But he's not but as... He's, yeah, he's not nearly as big as built, more like my dad. And he said the other day that somebody saw him, like, because he's in the sixth grade, and like, oh, yeah, we can put him on the line. But whatever it was, he said that they, they made some kind of comment that he could tell they were going to try to put him on the offensive line mm-hmm. when he played football the next year. And so he's like, I don't want to play football. And I was like, they don't even know you'll be one of the fastest kids on the team. Forget being a lineman. Throw that dude the ball. Hand him the ball off. You never know. Yeah. But there are some times that coaches won't even give you a chance. And so Excuse me. So I don't blame him if he ends up choosing not to play because mm-hmm. he does so damn good in basketball right now. Yeah. I'm almost okay with him specializing. I may try to get him to do one other thing. Like I might say, go do cross country or something like that just so he can have you know some yeah. balance or whatnot. But, yeah, it comes a time where what everybody else sees for you isn't what you want to do. Yeah. And so I get it. So they're trying to put you at goalkeeper the whole time. Yeah. So I, I played, like, a, the, a, like, a fullback in soccer, which is, like, the wing at the defense. Mm-hmm. So I played that, which you can still get to attack a little bit. Very rare, though. Yeah. Uh, and I used to coach in ref, so I know what it's talking about. Okay. So you, you, you know mm-hmm. very well. So, so I, I played that and then. I, they didn't force me to be a goalkeeper, but I knew I was really good at it. So, like, when we would, like, have, like, a, like a year versus years mm-hmm. kind of thing, like, at, at school. So, like, oh, eighth grade versus ninth grade mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would always end up being the goalkeeper because right. nobody wanted to be the goalkeeper. You'd, so. Go, so you'd get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. Basketball was like that for me. I always ended up playing against whoever the taller players were. I was the tallest player, but I also could dribble. And outrun everybody. So it was like one of those weird things where it was like I'd rebound the ball and instead of turning the pass to somebody, I'd rebound the ball and take off down court. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, he can dribble. I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My son's kind of the same way because they try to relegate him to just doing 
what I call big guy things. Mm-hmm. I was like, y'all do realize he can dribble and probably outrun everybody on this court. How, how tall is he? My son now is about five, eight and a half. And he's so he's 12? 12. Yep. Oh my God, dude. That he is, is humongous. Crazy. I got to find a, a, let's see if I can pull it real quickly. I have a picture just to show you. I know the podcast won't be able to show it, but yeah. you know what we'll do? This will be a fun moment. Do you edit any? Because if so, yeah, I can put it up. I'll give this to you and you have the right to like show uh, this to them later what on. What minute is this? That way I can like. Do it. Look at us doing notes over here. All right, 19. Do you need to write yeah. it down? Do you want me to text it to you? Uh, can you text it to me? I'll say minute 19, put picture. This is fun. See, you can tell I've done a few of these now. <laughs> put picture. <laughs> it just takes me forever to do it. Puncture? That's not the word we're looking for. That's all right. I'll, I'll understand. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, this is him with his teammates, believe it or not. Uh First of all, the kid he's guarding is absolutely small as hell. Yeah. But to be honest with you, everybody's small in this picture, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. But so uh, here, there you go. So that's him with the blonde hair in the back. Oh, wow. That's dude. his coach standing next to him. He's almost as tall as the coach. Yep. And then here is, I think this is a better picture. There you go. So there's his, he's standing by his teammates. All those kids around Damn. him are his teammates. Yeah. Dude, he is huge. Yep. And he's one of the younger guys on the team, too. That's really? the crazy part. Is he, yep. is he like a... Like a like a early in the year kind of kind of kid. Yep. Well, so he's a September baby. Okay. So he's so he is one of those that like all these in sixth grade. If we were doing like basketball, because it goes by um, by the end of the school year or by, I guess the beginning of the school year. So yeah. your August, September, October, and so forth. Those kids can either play down or they can play up. And so like for instance, he's twelve. I guess when he was eleven, he could have played with that ten U group, and now that he's twelve, he can actually play up in the thirteen group or he can stay with his twelve group. So it's one of those things that it'll be interesting as he gets a little older yeah. as far as how he gets slotted. But, yeah, yeah, he's still like – I mean, dude, there's pictures we're looking at. He was like a foot taller than some of the kids. He's wow, playing. dude, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, so he's 12 and your daughter, does she play any sports? And stuff she doesn't like? play anything, and she's still slightly taller than he is. Really? Yeah, I think I think it's, it's one of those weird things. I feel like he's passed or he's caught her. Yeah. But, like, you know, they wear different clothes and different shoes and yeah. stuff. And so she played kickball for a brief period, but she okay. was not the athletic one. She's my music person, and she's more of the uh, intellectual. Okay, so she's got your creative side. He's got she does. She athletic does. side. She okay. does. He has a good amount of creativity on okay. as well with the music stuff, and like just the way that he conceptualizes things. Mm-hmm. But Simone, I always tell people, my daughter, that's the funniest person I know. Really? Because she just there's a way that she looks at the world, and it's just like. How are you 14? <laughs> like, I make the joke all the time with my friends. Yeah. Like, dude, if my daughter was older, I would smoke with her. Like, that's who <laughs> she is. She's so cool, man. And, it, like, when we go on the road, like, there are times where I get to take them on the road and be, like, they're in there at breaks. And we go and, like, still record my set. And then he'll be the one selling the merch. Oh, so and, they've seen your comments. Oh, they've seen all of it. Every, okay. every single joke that I have that you guys will ever see me do in the show, they've seen them. They've okay. seen them ad nauseum. Like, they, they know the joke. Um, people have come ask them stuff about jokes and all that. And of course, I have things that I embellish, right? Yeah. But it's funny because they know all those jokes. There was a moment, and I think this happened twice, but I know that this definitely happened in Houston, where my daughter's recording my set. And um, I told her, I said, hey, don't record this part. And on cue, she turns the camera off. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> and then I proceeded to have some of the funniest moments on stage. And I'm uh, just like, why did you say that? <laughs> like, it was just me kind of tongue-in-cheek playing or whatever. I made a comment. Yeah. Uh, Starts off with her mom. Whatever. Hey, hold on. Don't record to Turn it off. But she did it. Yeah. And it was just like, and I was like, dang it. <laughs> Damn it. This is the one time I need you to be disobedient, you know? Oh, dude, that, it's, 
it's funny like sometimes when you know you're being recorded and then suddenly uh, you know what i'm not going to record this one and then suddenly you have like a an always a moment set. always a moment always a moment i had that in oklahoma last weekend i did a festival uh the norman music mm-hmm. festival and I did. I keep trying to reach for this dang chair in my <laughs> peripheral. It's right there. I, I brace myself when I talk. Um, Norman Music Festival up in Norman. Shout out to Christella and uh, man. I'm not gonna say their names. I mispronounce people's names. <laughs> Shout out to my people that helped that held me down up there. Anyways, um, I did a theater, dude. And when I got up, I was like the second act. Mm-hmm. So the first act went up there, and there weren't too many people in the audience. So my brain was like, well dang, this video is going to look bad. I don't think I want to record that. And I wasn't worried about my set, but I was like, I don't want to record half half empty theater. Mm-hmm. And during my set, I'm up there for 20 minutes, and I'm getting them, really getting them. And people are falling in oh, left really? and right during my set because they're hearing laughter. And as people are hearing laughter outside, they're like, oh, what's going on? They're coming in. They're coming in, in droves. And by the time I was nearly complete – it was a good little crowd in there, and I'm thinking I had a great set. Yeah, I had a lot of little one of one moments. I talked about seeing a girl on a Ferris wheel by herself mm-hmm. while it was raining, and I was like, I've been sad, but I've never been sit on a Ferris wheel by myself while it's raining. <laughs> sad. And I say by myself, I mean the entire Ferris yeah, the wheel Ferris, was empty. Okay, nobody on there except her. Wow. And I remember talking about that, and that was a great moment. That I talked about how I ran into this cop right when I showed up. I was looking for the theater. I was lost, and this little black dude on a bike in his you know cop uniform shows me where to go and I invited him to come to the the um, show. Yeah. Well, he showed up to the show. Oh, really? Yeah, so I spent like probably the first few moments of my set talking about uh, cuz like it was like a 420 friendly mm-hmm. festival as well and I was like, this is crazy, Norman. Y'all are very progressive here. Y'all's criminals are white, but y'all's cops are black. And you know, and so <laughs> I talk about that and that gets him on my side instantly and I just remember I was described he's a little guy and he's on a bike and he's black. I just, my brain didn't compute. I was like, it's like some weird dystopian future or something, you know? <laughs> and so I described that. And then it ends up happening where he comes in during my set and I see him. And I was like, dude, that's the guy. And so everybody gets to <laughs> hear, like, you know, to see the person I just talked yeah. about. So I bring him on stage. We had this great moment. And I was like, I should have recorded all of that. And I recorded none of it. <laughs> because I and I had perfect positioning, I had tripods, all that stuff. But because of my ego, my ego was like, oh, I don't want to record to have empty theater because then people are like, well, it's like that, record everything. Yeah, dude, that's that's a good lesson, right? There. I've had Very. the same lesson in the sense, like, you know, I'm not gonna record this, and then when I don't record, it's like, oh, I, now I don't have evidence of the thing that I actually did great at. So yeah, yeah, two, two, two. I, I had such a fun time. That was one of my favorite sets ever, and it was just. It was me just kind of being loose, and it was one of those weird things where you kind of go in and you're feeling good, but obviously, like for me as a stand-up, you don't want to get too high, you don't want to be too low. No. And so I remember mentally thinking to myself, I was like, "Man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really up here, you know, and I'm getting paid to do comedy, and not only am yeah. I getting paid to do comedy though, I was reached out to. I didn't have to go in. Yeah, you don't have to, to book something. yourself in there. Yeah, man. So it was so cool. It was. It was one of the fun, funnest experiences ever because I was in a different part of the country yeah. that I'd never been to before. Um, that was, believe it or not, although I'm you know traveling comic, that was only the second time I've ever driven out of the state by myself. Okay. Usually when I go out of state, I'm like with somebody else or a group of people yeah. or flying or whatever. I just drove myself out, and to me, that's part of the journey is just going out, seeing the stuff by yourself. Yeah. How far is uh, Oklahoma? It was you? only like five and a half, dude. Oh, that's not it was bad. an easy drive. It was because we're in Norman, and then Norman is, I think, about twenty-four minutes away from Oklahoma City. Okay. 
And so I think that, yeah, I think it was like five and a half. So I say six just because I drive like an old person. Okay. But yeah, it was an easy ride. It was not hard at all. And um, I don't know. I can't wait to go back. I told him I had such a good time there that I'm looking forward to coming back. Yeah. Um, they're starting like to do a comedy series there on like Thursdays or something. Mm-hmm. And I told him effectively, I hope that that was my audition. That I showed you guys that I can bring it. Yeah. And you can give me a little bit more time than 20 minutes now. Because yeah. 20 minutes, I mean, it was a good amount of time to do something. Yeah. But I was like, to really for y'all to really feel who I am, I need about yeah. 30, 40. Give me 40 yeah. minutes. Give me 45. So now I can really get this thing going to where I can sit down on some bits, you know, because with 20, I can, you know, do something. Mm-hmm. But that's like one and a half bits. And then yeah. everything else is going to be a little small pips and pops here. Yeah. And I want people to, like, really get the full show. And I can't really give you a full show in 20. I can if I need to. Yeah. But I feel like if I have options to do 30 plus, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Now now we're getting into the money. Now we're really having fun. Now, yeah. I, can, now I can lose y'all on something and then bring it and back. Bring it back. And then have a callback to the thing I lost y'all on at the end and make it all tie in together like a perfect bow tie. Yeah. That's what I love about your longer sets. Yeah, that, that's that's great, dude. That's awesome. Um so how long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing comedy for 10 years. 10 years? Wow. Okay. Improv, storytelling, stand-up, music, short form, long form, clean, dirty, church, uh, corporate, you name it, I've done it. <laughs> were, were, were you always like inclined to do like the musical stuff with it? As no. Well? No? I was told not to. Really? Why? Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, a person that I really look up to, was like, that's not what you do. What you do is you go up there and you do stand-up. You you know, you stand there and you tell the jokes. You don't dance. You don't rap. You don't do all the extra stuff. Mm. You go up there. It was frowned upon. Hmm. Anything outside of the norm was frowned upon. And it's interesting because it took me three years of doing that to realize that that wasn't me. I was yeah. like, holy shit, this is not yeah, me. Like, feel like I sing it. and I rap and I dance. And I, I might like, I might do something that doesn't make sense. That's who yeah. I am. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and just be like formatically sealed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... It was so weird because I had to undo that stuff. And I almost felt like it took me another three years. Just to like relearn it kind of thing? Yeah, because I mean, I always was a musical person. Mm -hmm. Like comedy for 10 years, music all my life. I was in choir, I sung, I rapped, I danced, I beatboxed, all of that. As long as I remember, I was doing all of that. Like not even joking. Yeah. I always scattered, rapped. You know, even now if you're around me at home or something like that, you'll hear random melodies just come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. out of thin air. You know, it's not uncommon for me to just, you know, instead of talking, use that sing song stuff that, we, you know, we frown upon our kids for doing. Yeah. You know, but that's what I do. Even doing voices, that's something I didn't realize, that there are little voices and little ticks that I have mm-hmm. that are funny on stage when put in the right context, that yeah. off stage, it's like, oh, that's a crazy person, <laughs> which I am, but yeah. it's just like, this is entertainment too, yeah. though. You I know? mean, that that's part of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's the whole, like... Your stand up is the package, yeah. and that's that's part of you, right? So yes. why why not bring it in there? Right, and that's why I think it took me so long to get there. But once I got there, I was like, oh, I think I know who I am. Mm. And I'm still figuring it out because I'm still like I still consider myself new to the point that I'm I'm not heavily syndicated anywhere. So there's not like people going, oh, well, he has to do this stuff. Yeah. No, I don't. I can yeah. do anything you I want do right whatever now. Whatever you want. I don't have to be a storyteller all the time. I don't have to be one liner. I don't have to be dad jokes. I don't have to be um dirty, clean, whatever. Right now I have the the slate is still blank tableau Russell where you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And if people go, Oh, it's funny or it resonates with people, that's yeah. great, you know. 
you're, you're Courtney. That's, I'm Courtney. That's, that's, that's it, that's man. Do, dude. Just simply Courtney, dude. That's all I am. Because people be asking questions sometimes. And like, describe you. And I say, it's just me. Like, you're literally going to me. I played football. I played football up to college. I had to fake who I was. I worked Parks and Rec for over a decade. I had mm-hmm. to fake who I was. Uh, there were certain aspects of myself I had to, like, yeah. keep, you know, under wraps. Yeah. And now this is me letting it all out, so to speak. There's times where there are certain things I can't talk about. Like I was, when I was driving up thinking, I was like, man, what are the things that I can't talk about that I currently want to talk about? Or what are the things that I feel like, you know, have hindered me? You know, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe because I don't have an easily defined niche or whatever. Yeah. That's why I'm not further off in my career. You know, they go, oh, Courtney, he's always going to be, there's no such thing for me. Yeah. He's always going to be happy. Wrong. He's always going to be sad. Wrong. He's always going to do music. Wrong. He's always going to just do stand-up and not music. Wrong. Yeah. There's no, what is he always going to do? And he's always going to have a message. Mm-mm. There's some times mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell a joke, and it's going to be a joke with just no, joke. it's just a joke. That's it. You know, it's just a story or an account for my life, but there's no actual rhyme or reason to it other than to hopefully make you guys laugh. Yeah. That's it. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm still figuring out how to define that part. I mean, at the end of the day, you're just telling jokes. And if you want to add a message, cool. But it's it, you, the point is to make people laugh. So it, that's it, it. That's that's your main goal. And if you want to add something as like a little bit of extra pizzazz or whatever, I right. don't know, then that's cool. I think that's where I'm at. I think that's where I'm at. I'm not trying to define it. Um, if I have to, like for a festival or for a gig or opportunity, yeah. I can and I have. But ultimately, dude, I'm like, let me come up here and do my job. Mm. Let me come up here and do my job. Let me be the person you brought out. Yeah. And you didn't bring me out because of those bits. There might be some bits. That, oh, we won't definitely won't see that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I promise you what you saw. That's cool. But there's stuff that you haven't seen. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's one of the reasons why I love comedy so much, because. You play sports. There's a ceiling to that. There's only so much you're allowed to do. Like you're yeah. playing playing keeper. Yeah. There's only certain things you're allowed to do playing goalkeeper. And at yeah. some point it's like, okay, that's your job. Do that. Uh, me playing basketball or playing football. There's only certain things I could do at my position. I was yeah. the defense alignment. I, I would never get handed the ball so yeah. I could go run. Yeah. I was never handed the ball so I could throw it to somebody. I was never had the ball put down in front of me so I could kick it. That wasn't my job. Mm. In comedy, I think I can do anything I want. Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like I can do anything I want. And even we take it a step further past comedy and entertainment. Yeah. I can do anything that I want. If I want to do a complete special that's just about me um, rapping mm-hmm. and beatboxing, I can. If I want to do a special that's just about me driving Uber, yeah, I can. Yeah. If I want to do a special that's just talking about my childhood or me and ro- ro- romance or talking about, you know, the time that I worked with kids mm-hmm. or – how it was playing football. Yeah. I can. If I want to do one yeah. that just talks about mental health, if I want to do something that's not funny at all. Yeah. If I literally want to go up and just talk about how life is for me at the moment mm-hmm. versus how life was for me back yeah. then versus how I hope life is for me in the future. Yeah. I could, that's a whole different thing. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody doing a special. I just had this weird thought about the future. Mm-hmm. Like literally you're here in current. Yeah. And your comedy special is about the future. Yeah. Either one about what you hope. Yeah. What you're scared of and hope Mm. doesn't happen. Yeah. Or what you think is going to happen, what you know is going to happen, what you've seen projected is happening. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen anybody do that before. I could do that. Yeah. That's, I could. It's all open. It's all open. It's all open. So that's why I love 
just I don't even want to say just this art form, but life currently for me mm. is there's no specifically uh, defined position. Mm-hmm. Like obviously dad, yeah. Obviously you know, uh, I think that's it. <laughs> so I could quit comedy right now. Yeah. I, I could quit comedy right now. That's yeah. the one thing I tell people all the time is that I don't have to do anything. Yeah, the moment you're not having fun, it's like. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love it though. I, I love it. That's why I'm here. And I mean, I've done this for ten years. Twice a week, I'm at Tiny's Bar doing an mm-hmm. open mic plug, <laughs> and uh, I I love that. Like I have my moments where it gets hard because yeah. you know sometimes there's just extra things going on. There's mm-hmm. baggage. Yeah. There's stuff that's happening that's beyond your control. I'm, I'm still. Go ahead. I just forgot to plug the plug it. Plug it in, man. That's okay. It happens Oops, to the best of us. He's like, what the hell was that? Yeah, My so tail. Nice. I did not plan this. Maybe you know what? Hmm. Hey, how's it going? I shouldn't be in the screen right now. You have an extension cord? Um, if not, I can run to the car. No, it's good. Yeah. Shit. What am I doing? Um, Figure out where the quickest plug to get to. My job is to keep it from hitting the floor. That is horrible planning, man. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, you're back in frame. This is part of the process, man. Part of the process. This is, you're my first uh, Austin guest. So. Yay! You hear that, Hannibal Ambassador? I'm the first Austin guest. All righty, man. I'm sorry about that. So, yeah, so first Austin guest. And mm-hmm. uh, so you, you're a Texas guy, right? Yep. Where 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 in Texas did you grow up? Austin. Oh, you grew like you're actually from Austin. So you're you're like a rare breed over very here. Very rare, very rare, and it's so funny because I hear people talk all the time about, you know, Austin and blah blah blah. Da, 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 and I just listen. It's like in one ear, out the other. I'm like, you have no idea what it really feels like to see a place start as something, and excuse me, I can't say that it started as something because I wasn't here when the inception. Yeah. But to see something, how it once was. And see it change. To see it change again. Yeah. And then see it change again. <laughs> I've watched that. Damn, dude. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, how old are you? 37. 37? Okay, mm-hmm. you're only a year older than I am. Yeah, okay. See? So, you're born in 85? 86. 86? Yeah, oh, you're also born in the same year then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, 86. So, how much of a difference is there? Like, when did you, like, remember stuff around... Wait, when was my first time remembering anything? Yeah. Or like being like aware? Yeah. Oh, God. I just had this conversation. I had a conversation with this thought earlier. So my first time being aware, uh, I was in a crib. And I think that we're going to go. There's two two occasions. There's one. I was in a crib. And I had like one of those stirring dreams where it felt like you dropped. Yeah. And I jumped. Mm-hmm. And I remember like being aware that I was in a crib. Um, or I remember being so small that I was at a grocery store and they used to have like those little, like, like little plastic four wheel yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. I was small enough to sit on one of those. Okay. And it's plastic. And then keep in mind, I'm a big dude. Mm-hmm. That means I was very, very small in that moment. I also yeah. have memories of being bathed in a sink at my grandma's as well. Okay. And so there are a lot of moments where I know how small I am because mm-hmm. of what I'm doing in the memory. Okay. And so those are my three first memories. I think ultimately 
all of that probably would say let's go with I want to say camp, but I want to say it's like not even yeah, it's camp, it's the preschool stuff. Okay. That I was small enough to be carried. So I have like a lot of early early memories. Okay. Yeah. So how old do you think you were in those? And all of those I'm under 2. So okay. I think the crib is probably the youngest one. That crib I'm probably just shy of like 1 or so. Mm-hmm. Um and I was visiting somebody's house cuz I remember it wasn't my crib, it was mm-hmm. somebody else's. Um and so it's like something like one years old. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's okay. very strange to have memories from when you're one, but <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a real thing. That's cool, man. So and then so you said like early preschool. That's when around when when you're like, okay, I have actual. Absolutely, absolutely, thought. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, I remember fears. I remember like, oh God, I remember my stepdad. Stepdad had, I guess he had one of those loud cars or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember the damn thing turning on. But once again, this is how I know I was small. The headlights were right at my eye level, and it was a car. Oh, wow. Okay. And, like, I remember the engine was loud. I remember being, like, panic-stricken, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why is this thing so loud, you know? <laughs> His name was Austin. Okay. Um, yeah. Austin from Austin? Was he from Austin? You know, I don't know where Austin was from. I'm going to assume he was from Austin. Yeah. I think so. But, yeah, it was Austin from Austin, I guess. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's awesome, man. And, uh... So you said you went to college. What what did Texas you, State? Texas State. Okay. Yeah, my degree is uh, recreation administration. Okay. So I actually got my degree in the field that I worked in. Mm. Uh, I was believe it or not, I was actually working in that field before I even knew you could get a degree for it. Oh really? Yeah, I was working okay. there. So I, my mom, just a little backstory. My mom was Parks and Rec all my life. Okay. And so from the time before I was born to like I was seventeen, she was working at different rec centers around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just always around that and. Obviously, I just picked up and started doing that as well, working with kids, working with senior citizens, et cetera. And I remember when I went to school, I was still playing football. And so I remember thinking, like, well, what am I going to major in? I loved philosophy. I loved thought. Mm-hmm. I loved reason. I loved, like, just, yeah. just all of that that came with it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I'll major in philosophy. And I remember my, uh, what I have, uh, what is the damn class called in college? I mean, high school. Oh, God. It's not called ACC. Whatever it is, it's not an extracurricular class, mm-hmm. but this is one of those things that pre- prepares you for life after high school, stuff like okay. that. And so I remember my teacher was like, yeah, man, major in philosophy, and I was really going to do it. And I remember trying to figure out what job I was going to do. And I'm like, well, what am I doing now? Yeah. What do I like? And I remember, okay, I'm going to declare business. Mm-hmm. We'll do business men, and I'll become an entrepreneur. Okay, but what are you going to do, though? Yeah. And so I still hadn't defined that answer yet. And so I remember thinking, I gave myself some kind of, like, week or something like that. Like, Dude, you have to declare. You know, you're playing football. You don't want to be a undeclared football, you mm. know. And so I ended up going for um, recreation administration. Okay. Because that's what I was doing. And I could not think of what I would have done with philosophy. I didn't want to teach. Like, I loved it, but I was like, what can you do? Be a well-spoken janitor or well-read janitor? You know, like, mm-hmm. that was the joke I always had. <laughs> and a business man, I was like, I'll be an entrepreneur. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't, yeah. like, what is that for me, though? Like, what do I have a passion about? And I was like, well, I'm working with people right now. So I'll work with people. And so I ended up changing over to recreation administration. And lo and behold, Texas State actually has a really, really good-ass program. Mm-hmm. And it was just, oh, speaking of which, just a little side note about the Oklahoma thing. Oklahoma's parks. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Oklahoma City's parks, absolutely phenomenal. I was up there and it was funny because I was riding around. I was talking to my mom. He said, Oh, you need to check their parks out. They're like like voted number one in NRPA. Really? Uh, is it NRP National 
Association of Parks and Rec Professionals. So it'd be NAPAR. I don't remember it anymore. But anyways, they would vote like the best parks, facilities mm-hmm. and stuff. Oklahoma City would always win or they were really highly regarded. So yeah, I was there just last week and I can attest they are freaking phenomenal. Okay. Uh, but anyways, um, so at Texas State, we have a very big, uh, I think it's nature, heritage and tourism and parks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our parks and rec is highly regarded around the state and some of the country. So I was there and I was just like, well, it's only right that I do the damn thing I've been doing. Yeah. And I just, you know, see how high I can go up progressing with it, which wasn't hard. It wasn't high. <laughs> I, hit the, I hit that ceiling kind of like kind of quick. And I was just like, well, damn, what do I do now? You know, and comedy yeah. came along and I was like, well, put all our eggs in comedy. You know, I did yeah. 10 years working Parks and Rec and now I'm here telling jokes. And now the funny thing is for me, as of 2020, I'm using my degree in a whole other manner because now I'm producing shows and putting mm-hmm. on events for people. Yeah. And a lot of that planning background that I developed working parts yeah. and rec is literally what I use to do comedy. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. When, so when you were doing like uh, the park stuff, was it like, did you always have a, like a thought of like, Oh, I want to do comedy or, or, or was it something that just like you were saying like, Oh, it's just like that just showed up. It just showed up. I was always funny. I actually had one of my, my kids was actually at my show last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a show last night, and I walk up, and I tell him, I can recognize y'all from a mile away. He had longer hair, facial hair, and he was older. And I was like, Bobby. And I, like, puts his hair back. And I, he said, Mr. Corey. I was like, yep. And so I remember I was always funny. I was always funny in life, but I was funny in Parks mm-hmm. and Rec. But it wasn't the thought until I remember when I was married, I remember sitting at one of my classes, it was one of those big old theater classes, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I'm compelled to get in front of these people and speak. Yeah. I want to do something. What is it? What do you want to do? Uh, I want to maybe tell a joke. But I remember thinking, like, what fucking joke would you tell? And I don't have a joke yeah. that you tell. And I just remember thinking, like, it's such a powerful moment when, like, the professor says something, asks a question, or you have a question, mm-hmm. you raise your hand, they call on you. Yeah. That entire room... Is listening to you. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, I want that. Like, in my own little self-centered mind, I was like, I don't know what, but I want that. You know, it's 300 people in here. When I'm answering a question, I could say something funny and see if I can get them to laugh. I always wanted to do it, but I never did it because I never had the balls to. And then there was times, too, where when everybody would come in before the professor would get ready, Mm -hmm. we'd all be sitting in there, and everybody would just be facing the same direction. And I knew, I was like, dude, I want to go down there and do something. I don't know what though. And so I had that thought. I never mentioned it to anybody. It was just a little weird thought I had. Okay. But I remember when I was working parks, I had a little activity that required the kids to go up and tell jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to really like convince them like my staff, they couldn't convince the kids to go mm-hmm. up. And I was like, well, I'll just go up and do some stuff. Yeah. And so I just jumped up. And start like goofing around, telling goofy half as jokes and mm. playing around with the kids. But I did it so much that the kids would eventually feel compelled to want to go up now. Oh, nice. And then that's how we got the activity started. And so that became actually the way from week to week that we got that particular activity started. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because at this point, I was the coordinator. I was no longer in the room. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they would come down and get me from my office so I could get up and essentially jump start that activity. And so I remember laughing because one day I'm talking about it. 
I'm doing the stuff. And then afterwards, one of my staff members was like, dude, you're funny. You should consider doing open mic comedy or try it like stand up. Mm. And I was like, what is that? Like, I had no idea what that was. (laughs) So I looked it up, man. And I remember being like, I'm funny. I said, go try this out. Somebody else seen it for me. Let me try it out. So I put them all on my workstation. I had like a list of all the open mics in Austin. I had three different tabs. Mm. And I named them each one because you can name your tabs. And one was, holy crap, are we really going to do this? (laughs) Like literally. Another one was like, oh my God, we're really going to do this. And then the third one was like, yep, it's really going to happen. And I had those on my my workstation for like two years. Wow. Before I ever ever even did it. Before I ever even did it. Wow. It took me getting divorced and having extra time and a little bit more like, or less less to live for, so to speak. (laughs) Okay. I've lost everything. I ain't scared. I'm going to do some stuff that's scary then. And so I remember that it took me two years of contemplation. But I remember we went to, me and my ex, we went to a stand-up show at the Velveeta Room. Mm -hmm. And she even mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned it to her or what. Maybe I mentioned the activity thing to her or something. But whatever it was, I remember her going, well, what if you're like a stand-up comic or something? Like, what if you yeah. get really good at that? And I was like, man, no. I'll be talking <laughs> to people and stuff. Man, I don't want to be in front of a bunch of people. I don't want them looking at me. And now here I am. This is what yeah. I do. You know? That's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever watch any stand-up? Like, before like before even that, going to the Velveeta room, like, did you ever, like, just watch stand-up at all? I did. I'd watch, like, a little bit because I'm a kid of the 90s, and so we were kids of the 90s. Yeah. And so I watched... You know, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, a little bit of Pryor. Uh, the guys that caught my attention the most were George Carlin mm-hmm. and Sinbad. Oh, okay. I was, then, I was just watching Sinbad this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of my mannerisms, you can kind of like see bits of his influence in them. Okay. The uh, way I carry myself, sometimes even the way I hold my mic and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, John Lake Wazamo is a person that's a very unsung hero, I think, for a lot okay. of people in the comedy world because he was that, for me, the first person I ever seen do a one-man show okay. and rock it. When he did The Freak, that was that was me not even wanting to be a comic. That was just me seeing something and wanting to watch it and not look away. Yeah. Every time it came on, because back then it just it came yeah, on. Yeah, just the TV. You couldn't, you couldn't plan it. It was just, it was just, this is what's next. Mm-hmm. And I would watch, man. I'd watch. And I remember going, I can't look away. No. I don't know what he's doing, but it's amazing. You know, and it was the first time because other than that, I had late night television or most people would just stand there and be static. Yeah. Hey, you know, and yeah. he was like dancing. He would hold his body in a certain way, turn his face, the music, the lights would change, and you mm. felt like whatever it is he wanted you to see, you saw it. Mm. And I just always I've always held him in just such high regard because of that. And so I told people, you know, I watched late night television. And they would say they're going to do something. And they would just be sitting there at the desk talking to you. Yeah. And I was like, this is boring as hell. <laughs> but then I watched him and it was like, that's magic. To me, I told people that was what magic looked like for me. Okay. As a 10-year-old kid or 9-year-old kid, however old I was at the time. I think I was probably 8 or 10, 8 mm. or 9, 10, whatever. That was magic. I watched that little man produce magic. And it was just like, you're watching. And it's like, wow. Hmm. He was dancing and stuff. Yeah. That's what I think is if I ultimately look to see what I could become, it's something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty interesting. That's, mm-hmm. I, I would, if you wouldn't have told me that, I, I wouldn't like, because I've never seen John Leguizamo other than like in movies. Right. right so right. I, I, I know he has like a couple of one man shows and stuff uh-huh. like that, but I've never seen them. 
So I wouldn't be able to tell you, oh, I can see where you get that influence from. Mm-hmm. So that's now I'm gonna look look into him. The freak, yeah, look up the freak. It's um, it's on HBO. It was on HBO. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it somewhere. But it was interesting. Okay, interesting. he's describing stuff from his life, and he's doing all the characters, and it was fun. It was vibrant. Yeah. It was it was wild. It was risque. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably cancelable yeah. now. You know, yeah. it's probably something that gets you canceled now. But yeah. for the time, dude, it was groundbreaking. It was revolutionary. It was wow. That's the only way I can okay. describe it as wow. That okay. when I watched, it didn't matter if I've seen it the first time mm-hmm. or the hundredth time. Yeah. I watched the entire damn thing and I loved it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I'll, I'll look into him. Because I, 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 I just started watching Sinbad last week. And I, I, How cool I've only, that? It, dude, it's, he's awesome, man. Uh-huh. Like, I've, the only reference I had from Sinbad was a, a different world. Have you ever seen that show? Uh-huh. That's the only like time I ever saw him. Yeah. So that's like my only reference. So I'm look. I was watching the, the the Afro bell bottom something. I forgot the name of the special, but mm-hmm. dude, it was amazing. I'm like, oh, cool. oh man, I, and like he was. I didn't know he was that big of a comedian yes. either. So it was, it was crazy to watch because, um, you know. He's he's like so funny, but at the same time, like he's just free doing whatever he's he doing. Is, and he's such a pure soul. Yeah. Then when you're watching him on stage, you're watching somebody be them. Yeah. You're watching them be him, and you and, and obviously I don't know him personally, but it feels like when he's up there, you know who he is. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of comics right now. It's no disrespect, but we don't yeah. know who you guys are when y'all get off stage. Yeah. And or when you're on stage, and for me, I'm like, I want you to know who I am when yeah. I come off stage. Yeah. I want you to feel like you know me. I want you to come up and talk to me like a regular person. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to be like, that thing you talked about, because then I get to come up and go, you think that was crazy? This is what really happened. (laughs) Wait, what? Your son was really one when that happened? Oh, my son was barely one when the duck tried to kill him. What? He was, in the story, for y'all, he's like seven, eight, and it's cute. He can talk. He couldn't talk. All I know (laughs) is that he didn't drop the damn bread. When he didn't drop the bread... The damn goose was like, I'm finna murder you for not dropping the bread from my oh, damn friends. Hell. And I remember looking like, I gotta kick this motherfucker. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's that's the story that you get when you talk to people off stage. That's why I try yeah. to tell a lot of comics is when you get done, don't immediately run away. Even these open mics, which I get the open mics, is people be in a hurry to get to where they're going. But if you stay around, one, you get to build an audience that way. And then mm-hmm. two, you may find something about your material yeah. or your story or your joke or your that bit. That you didn't even know. That right? you didn't even know. Because somebody can just ask you a question. And all of a sudden, you start talking. They're like, well, why did you kick at it? I yeah. kicked at it because it was by my foot. <laughs> well, why did you kick at it? I kicked at it because I thought it was going to bite my son. Well, why did you kick at it? I kicked at it because it snapped at my dick. And I thought it was about to bite my dick off. <laughs> I might have to have another son. You know, yeah. like It was like yeah. all those questions, they bring about mm-hmm. heightened. We're going to call it heightening. Heightened, and if you don't have those introspective conversations mm. or thoughts within yourself, yeah, you miss out on on so much, so much, dude. And so that's why I love when people come yeah. to me and talk to me afterwards. Yeah. That goose bit, no lie. Every time I've told it, somebody has come up to me with a story about something: a chicken, a hawk, a rooster, a goose, a duck, whatever, mm. a swan trying to attack them. Damn. Everybody's come up with a story. And so I love telling that on stage. That's crazy, dude. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So, and, oh, sec. That was you or me? That's me. That's okay. Me. So, Shut up. <laughs> I just got to keep an eye on stuff just in case. Um, so, dang, dude. So, John Leguizamo, Sinbad. And is there one, like, 
Are, those are mostly your like your influences, you would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there's there's influence all over the board. You know, there's little things that I like about everybody. I mean, there's things I like about Chris Rock. There are things I like about Dave Chappelle. There are things mm-hmm. I like uh, by Eddie Murphy. Yeah. There are things I like about uh, Joan Rivers. There are things that I like about Whoopi Goldberg. Um, the list goes on and on. Um, for me, I just I, I try my best to be who I am, mm-hmm. and so you guys get to see a lot of me. That's why yeah. I carry myself the way I do. Yeah. Uh, dude, if I want to talk about some political shit, I'm going to talk about some political shit that day. Yeah. If I want to talk about a race, I'm going to talk a lot about the race stuff. If I want to talk about my kids, I'm talking about my kids. If I want to rap, yeah. I'm going to rap. If I want to beatbox, if I want to say, hey, person, give me a word. All right, you give me this word. You give me this word. And I got three things going on at the same time. Mm. I'm going to do that. If I literally want to tell a joke, pause my joke, Talk about what's in the audience right now. Talk about who's in the audience. Talk about yeah. some weird thing that I saw. Yeah. Have fun with that. And then come back to that damn joke. That's yeah. what I am. Yeah. Hell, I may not come back to the joke. Yeah. The thing I might say might be so damn funny. I'm like, shit, I did my job. I already got the light. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. What about the joke you said you're going to do? Come see me next time. Yeah. I'll finish that later. I'll finish it when they bring me back. Yeah. Tell them to book me again so I can come back and finish that joke. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when did you start rapping? That's what I'm saying, dude. As soon as I could talk. As soon as you could talk? As soon as I could talk. Uh, rapping and, you know, I would listen to music and stuff. I remember one of the first songs I ever rapped in front of somebody was uh, Tupac's Gangster Party or mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg's Ain't Nothing But a Gangster Party, right? Something like that. I rapped in front of my cousin. But um, I always rapped and beatboxed to myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Religiously. I was by myself. I was doing that. I played the drums in church, and so I was always like, "There's always beats in my head." Like right yeah. now, there's beats in my head. You know, um, but as far as rapping, yeah, I always rapped. Um, the comedy rap thing—I mm-hmm. don't know where that came from. I just know that when I was in middle school, um, I remember being on a bus, and like we were like everybody was rapping, and I started rapping about what was going on in the moment. Mm-hmm. Everybody was rapping about, man, what the deal? I didn't came down. I didn't pop the pill. Got, yeah. a, got a Cadillac with an ice grill. And I was like, I don't have any of that. Yeah. But you know what I have? I'm sitting on the bus. We don't have no dang no, uh, seatbelts between us. Mm-hmm. If we have a wreck, we probably going to hit our head on the ceiling and break our neck. Yeah. And the bus driver going to get in trouble. But our parents going to get a check. Like, that was the way that I rapped. I rapped about what I saw. Okay. I didn't rap about, you know, this opulence that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. I rapped about what was in front of me. Yeah. But then I also rapped about funny stuff. So I told stories first, then I started making it funny. I remember being at a party, and I don't know where it came from, but I asked people, I said, yo, throw me a word. I said, throw me a word. I said, hey, throw me a word. Throw me a word. And I started rapping around the word, but I made it into this goofy yeah. story. I made it into not even a goofy story. I made it into like a, it was almost like jokes, mm-hmm. but it was all rhymed and it sounded good. Yeah. And I remember doing that and I was like, that was cool. Like I had that party rocking. And so that became a thing that I would do at house parties. Mm. Never did it on stage, but people were laughing. I remember some of the hardest laughs I'd see humans do from some mindset mm-hmm. would be me just rapping. Okay. And I would always know when to drop the punchline. Like yeah. somehow, you know, the beat would be his head fell off. Bam. You know, yeah. just little stuff like that. And so yeah. 
that was my thing. Then one day I remember going, dog, fuck that. I'm going to beatbox on stage. And I had to make a reason because the way I worked, I used to have to have a reason for anything. Yeah. So I remember the idea was, okay, I'm going to do quotes. So I had this weird idea of talking about my childhood on how when I was a kid, I didn't have, uh, I couldn't change the channel. Mm-hmm. So I would always listen through my wall or through the door yeah. to what my parents or my sister and stuff was watching. And it would be either coming to America, a white man can't jump, or Lion King was the only things that played in my house. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I oh, coming to America, yeah. I'd beatboxed different quotes from the movie, mm-hmm. or I'd beatboxed like different moments from the movie, and then I would make it uh, all flow together. Okay. And so that was my excuse to beatbox on stage. And so like I, I could do a little example because hey, we're talking about it. I'm like I need to show a little bit of it. So we'll do Lion King. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do Coming to America, and then we'll finish it with Forrest Gump. Okay. So it'd be something like. You've seen, have you seen those three movies? Yes. Okay, cool, cool. All, all so it'd be like, she's your quick, 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 can't sit here, can't wait, wait to wait to get king, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, oh, bark like a dog. Yeah. So something like that. I feel weird right now because I'm staring at you <laughs> doing that. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm spitting at you or not. Oh, or spitting good. your microphone. I don't want to do that. Good. But I would do something like that. And so I remember I did that one day in front of my homie. Mm-hmm. And he was like closing out the show. And I was like his feature or whatever. And I'll never forget when I was done. When I went all in. I'm doing every note in the basses, all of that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck that was, but that was awesome. It was the first time I think I ever heard him give me a compliment on oh, stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, 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 we in now. <laughs> Three years is over with now. We yeah. into that. That's who we are now. And so because of that, I started doing a little bit more of that on stage. But then I learned, I was like, bro, you ain't got to have no damn reason to beatbox. Let's do it. Yeah. So I started playing with the audience. And I have a little game I play right now and now where I'll just ask them to give me words. Mm-hmm. And I'll beatbox the words. So I'm not having to rap quotes and stuff because that's hard to do because you got to remember the damn quote. Yeah. Whereas instead, I can beatbox and make something fun around which is more close to that rapping thing that I used to do. Yeah. And then you see the looper on Tuesdays. Now I'm able to do that without having to keep the damn beat. I can make the beat in real time. Tell you the yeah. end of the, the end of the mic is when it gets good. Yeah. The beginning on Tuesdays, everybody's still kind of clanky and trying to figure. Out. I'm even kind of rusty. Yeah. But by the end of the night on Tuesdays, that's when it really gets good there. Because now I'm dialed in. I didn't kind of wade it through. He's good. He's good. I didn't. I don't want to wait. Like I didn't wait it through all the people that are. They got their nerves and they're trying to hurry up and get up so they can make the other mics. Now the people that are there have settled in, and now that's when I get to have fun. Mm-hmm. So I get to take that five channel recorder yeah. looper and make a beat, make a beat, make a beat, and then by the time I'm done, I get to rap over that. So that's cool, dude. Yeah, I, I've always enjoyed when you do that. Thank that you. Stuff. It's it's that's. Cause you don't you don't make it funny every time, but but sometimes it's hilarious, and then yeah. sometimes it's just really good. I know, I know, it's so crazy when I hear people do that. This is my this is my 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 insecurities coming. People, it's just good. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm dead. <laughs> but it's like Courtney, accept that you're good. This is something yeah. you do. This is when enough people tell you you're doing something good. Yeah, you have you to take accept it. it. You got to take it in because sometimes people do it. And I'm like, they're just saying because they want to be nice. And I was like. I think sometimes people just tell you what they feel because they don't have to say anything. Yeah, it's, at least on my end, like I'd rather not say anything than mm-hmm. say something. Like if if I'm not if I'm telling you something, it's because I mean it. And mm-hmm. I know some people they don't work like that. Mm-hmm. But like 
from me at least mm -hmm. like i'm i can tell you dude like your stuff it's great so and thank you and like i i know sometimes i feel like sometimes like you know when i'm trying stuff out on a mic at a mic i'm like i don't know if this is good or not yeah and then someone comes to me i'm like oh that was good i'm like most of the time i'll be like okay thank you i'll yeah. I'll, I'll take it in but then other times like, oh you're just telling me that because you, you you're trying to be nice or whatever right right but, but it's it's like I, I but i i do feel like for the most part people are telling you because they actually mean it like it's just to, a yeah. lot easier not to say anything it really is they don't have to yeah. like the, in this world it's so weird that we overthink so much. Like I overthink. I'm a classic overthinker. Yeah. And that's good and bad. Yeah. The good thing is I'm hyper aware. And mm -hmm. so when I'm on stage, this person moves an inch, I see it. Yeah. That person yawns, I see it. This person picks their phone up for a second, I see it. This person mm -hmm. looks at their phone watch. Yeah. The future, their phone watch. I'm like, get off your phone. Yeah. In 2020, we were looking at stuff through phones. Now we're in person. Enjoy it. You know, but yeah. that that's like a good thing for me. But then it's a detriment because I overthink stuff so much that when I do something that I could have a hundred people tell me I did good. Yeah. And then if one person says something like, I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thank you for that. I, I'm really, like I said, I'm learning to one, accept those compliments, mm. but two, to incorporate that performance into my regular shows because okay. that's the hardest thing for me right now yeah. is that I can rely on my material, which is a good thing. Yeah. I can rely on my material so hard that there's like a whole aspect of me that you may not see in, a, in an hour show, in an hour show. Yeah. I'm literally talking about being on stage for an hour and, and I'm like, you don't even bring that. Up. I don't even bring it out, you know? And like, you know, so I'm trying to make it to where I want people, I want people to get so much from me that, even if you don't like it, it's not saying I want everybody to like me, but I want people to come up and have a different favorite part. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. It happens every once in a while. Usually there's one thing everybody, oh, we love that. But I love when somebody comes up and they surprise me with what their favorite part of my show was. Like, as if my brain's like, dude, I really love that. And then my brain's already like five steps ahead. Like, oh, you really like the goat joke. Like, yeah. No, 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 I like the part we talked about your kids. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, man, you know, I like, I like the crowd interaction you had. Yeah. I like that thing when you're talking about the, your son getting attacked by the goose. Mm. Man, listen, fucking swines are assholes. <laughs> you know, I like like the part when you started beatboxing. Yeah. You know what? Me and my wife, we came here. We saw you on YouTube. We actually had words to suggest to you. Mm. And you didn't even do it. <laughs> Dang. And I'm like, wow. Like, y'all really like what I do. Yeah. And that's the most amazing thing to me is just like that people care about what I do. Yeah. And this is stuff that I was worried about doing in front of people. Yeah. And now people come to expect it. You know, it's crazy when you worry the most about something is usually when you actually need to do. That's the work. thing I need to do. Yeah. And I'd always get mad because I don't want people to give me the whole, oh, you're not funny as a comic. You're only funny as a beatboxer mm. or you're just a beatboxer. He beatboxes and I'd get mad about that. And I'd say, well, you know what? Screw you. I'm not going to beatbox now. I'm just going to tell jokes. I'm going to kill it telling jokes. And it's yeah. like, dude. You can kill it telling jokes and you can kill it beatboxing. Give them a yeah. little bit of both. Yeah. And then the stuff that people like, I get the compliment all the time with the rapping thing. They're like, dude, like one dude said it before and a few others said it. If I could rap like that, I would never even tell jokes. <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, man, but I like doing both. And I, the other day I thought about it, I said, well, maybe I should just start just rapping only. But I was like, no, because there's a part of you that'd be held behind closed doors yeah. and this whole thing is about me releasing all of that yeah i spent so much time holding things in that i was like oh i don't want to be judged because of this or judged because mm -hmm. of that it was like no 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 
the full um, breadth of my yeah. human experience and existence yeah. is that I beatbox when I want to beatbox. I sing when I want to sing. I dance. I rap. I tell these stories that mm-hmm. can be funny or these stories that can be tragic. I do all yeah. of that. And the reason why I do all of that is because that's who I am. Yeah. If you talk to me, I'm whatever it is that I'm at at that moment. Oh my God, Courtney, you're talking about relationships. You're in Morris right now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, you're talking about a past person that passed on. You're longing right now. Mm-hmm. You're grieving. Yeah. You know, or you're, you're mad about something that you that you maybe let slip away. Oh man, you're like you're, you're remorseful, or you're um, you know, all those things are part of my human experience, mm-hmm. and so I hope to bring those on stage. Yeah. And I try, you know, to I try to perform in such a way that allows me to step away when I need to. Mm-hmm. But then there's little moments where I can let a little bit of realism through because that's the new version of me now yeah. is that I can be going through the worst, the lowest of lows, and I can go on stage and perform and you wouldn't know it until one part. Yeah. Maybe the beginning, maybe the middle, maybe the end. Maybe it's after the show and you're talking to me. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, my girlfriend broke up with me two hours ago. Yeah. But I was just on stage with y'all for 45 minutes and we had a great time. Yeah. You know? So that's 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 the, the evolution. This is where we're at. This is Courtney at 37, 10 years in, in the year 2023. Who knows what next year or 2033 yeah. holds, you know? Yeah. So I'm having fun in the moment. In the moment, I'm having fun. I'm rapping. I'm beatboxing. I got plans to do these little quirky things that I feel like represent who I am. Mm-hmm. But I also have no plans on scaling back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Now, producing shows, that's a whole other thing in itself. Yeah. Uh, can we just breathe for a second? <laughs> Producing shows and open mics and and then and then finding shows for people that are visiting. I'm just like, I didn't ask for that. I just yeah. want to tell jokes. Yeah. Can I just tell jokes and get paid for that part? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I want to do. Just that stuff. Y'all can keep that. But <laughs> that's who I am in 2020 as well now. 2023, but starting 2020 is I'm producing opportunities for people now mm-hmm. too. And that's the part that I wasn't ready for. Yeah. Yeah. I. I get that. I when I lived in Utah, I'm like I'm, I produced a show mm-hmm. simply because I just wanted to get on stage and there wasn't anything going on. So, yeah. I, I get it. I I don't. I didn't do it as like the scale you're doing. How many shows do you produce? Five. Five? Like uh, per month? Damn, dude, that's a lot. Because are we counting the open mic or not counting the open mic? Uh, whatever you want. Count the open mic because I it's, I go through hell for those open mics. Dude, I hope dude. you understand. No, like, dude, I mean, it, it's twice yeah. a month, uh, twice a, twice, twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's twice a week. Let's count them real quick. Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, the other Thursday one because there's two Thursday shows now. Or mm-hmm. open mic Thursday show, and then there is. Did I say five already? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that's what it is. Damn, I just dude. that spit that off the top of my head. I'm losing one, but it's getting replaced by two other shows. <laughs> dude, that's crazy. That, that's a lot of work because like yeah. host hosting a mic mm-hmm. is a lot of work, and then you do two every week, mm-hmm. which is a lot of that, that's a lot of work. And how far are you from like the 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 bar? Is it like you got to go a, a long way? Oh, when I live? Uh, no, no, no. So I'm southeast. I am. Let's say 20 minutes. Okay. On a good day, I'm 20 minutes away, that's not, so that's not, not bad. That bad. But yeah. it's one of those that if I left my equipment at the house, I'd much rather call somebody to come bring something to me mm-hmm. than go back because yeah. 7 o'clock traffic is yeah, god awful here. It's crazy. There's yeah. no reason. But yeah, yeah, yeah I have, um, yeah, because there's one that was a Wednesday one, 
that one, I think we finished out at the end of this month. I don't know when this comes out, but the end of this month of Come May. May, yeah. Okay, the end of this month in May, that one will be done. But then it gets replaced by an apartment uh, storytelling show. Mm-hmm. And a, uh, I guess there's going to be like, I'm probably going to do like a second Saturday of the month. Oh, second Friday. Friday. It's written down. Anyway, <laughs> I, read, I read a really great quote before I came over here. Um, I think it was Einstein that said, don't memorize stuff that you can read in a book or look up in a book. Yeah. And I was just like, that's great. That's it. Because my tablet, like you see, my stuff's never too far from me. When I put yeah. the dates in there, I forget it. Because yeah. I got I got more stuff that needs to be in there. Yeah. So anyways, forgive me. It's either Friday or Saturday. Okay. But it's going to be like the second Friday or second Saturday of the month. There's a room now I'm going to be producing in San Antonio. Okay. And so that's kind of a hop, skip, and a jump away. But it's a market that I've long wanted to get into. It's a big market, I think. It and is. it's very uh I would say it's like under under appreciated. Underutilized, yeah. definitely. And there's like a good amount of shows that are already there. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the people that produce shows there. I just want to bring something and add to it. I honestly want to take my music stuff and do something there with that because mm-hmm. there's a great room, uh I think it's called Black Potion. Mm-hmm. And it was a room that when I first performed there, I was like, Oh my God, I wanna come back now. Yeah. And so me and Josh, we've talked and he was like, yeah, man, you know, let's try to do something. And so I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And so then when I lost this one room, I mean, literally, I lose stuff and they always re. Yeah, you get you get something like like twice. It's like I'll lose one thing and then two things replace it. That's awesome. And it's so funny because I was like, is this what I want? So I told him we'll go kind of trial. I usually do everything in sixes. Mm-hmm. And so I go on a little tour in July. So I was telling him we're going to do this June. And I guess, no, it'll be May. No, it's June. Mm-hmm. We'll do something in June. We're going to take a break in July. And then when I get back in um, August, yeah. we'll go full tilt into it. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And anything you want to plug? Mm, Tiniest Bar in Texas, every Tuesday and every Thursday. We have an open mic there. Uh, pretty much 8 o'clock, Tuesday and Thursday at Tiniest Bar. There's always something cool, comedy and music going on. Mm-hmm. Um, when does this come out? comes out next Monday. Oh, I got one. All right. Funniest moms in the world. Stand-up comedy show featuring all moms. Okay. All moms. It's going to be at the Times Bar in Texas. The last Tuesday of every month, we do some kind of special event show. Okay. This one will be in honor of Mother's Day, which is happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a comedy show that's full of moms. The fun, funniest moms in the world. Okay. Comedy show. Uh, dads, don't be mad, because then the following month, <laughs> we'll have funniest dads in the world comedy show. Okay. Um, all dads doing comedy. But yeah, my mom's actually gonna do this. Mom oh, show. really? That's yes, awesome, dude. Yes, sir. She's Has she it. done comedy before? She's done it lightly. Like she brought me up. I used to host a comedy show at a gun store. Long story okay. short, I used to host a comedy show at a gun store for like three years, and she brought me up one time. And her part of bringing me up was she got to tell some jokes. She got three minutes. Oh, that's cool. And so she did her three minutes, and it was great. Then she proceeded to try to get into a fight with the headliner at the end of the show. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she was banned from comedy. <laughs> My mom was banned from comedy for a while. I brought her back to the damn See Funny comedy show. Mm-hmm. She got to watch. And I said, let's see if I could put her on the stage. So she's going to have six minutes. So I feel like she's that's cool. Have, that was like almost 10 years ago. So she's have about six minutes now. Nice. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, nice. Fingers crossed. That's but, awesome, man. Yeah, this, she's excited. She's has uh, six minutes. I just got six minutes. And I was going to try to steal her some time from her. I said, wow. She said, well, it's going to take me about three minutes to get going. I was like, oh, God, she's one of those. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's going to be dope. It's going to be really dope. I have some really cool comics that are going to either one come to town or some comics that are already here that I want to showcase on a bigger level and mm-hmm. give them more time to perform in front yeah. of a good audience because – that last show we didn't get to do last month because of uh, the rain. Yeah. Um, 
and I'm going to bring that back sometime in the summer. I'm so excited because that room, it, it's, it has its own little frequency. And I don't know why, but it it, it keeps going. Okay. Because I've looked at that. I was like, how are you going to do this damn comedy outside? And there's a bus and stuff driving by. Yeah. But it's just there's something to it, you know, between the food trucks, the bar, the crazy people that walk by. Mm-hmm. There's something magical about that space. And yeah. so I'm forever grateful that it has survived as long as it has. Because mm. I think when I first got it, it took the guy two months to get me in there. He asked me to do it. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to. I don't want to host nothing weekly because I was only doing Thursdays. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, I want to keep my Thursdays open to myself. Yeah. And then before you know it, I was there. And then Thursday turned into Tuesday. And then obviously I ended up with a Wednesday, and I had three days out of the week that I was like chained down somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's cool because now I have such a good support group, and and I, anytime I need a break, I yeah, can get them to someone. come in. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And I I don't take that for granted at all anybody that has helped me out during those time periods that i had hardships going on i've always had people able to step up and have my back Mm. so love it but that's it right there tiniest bar in texas uh yeah i don't have anything else i can promote because all of my stuff i don't know off the top of my head and i'd have to pull my calendar out and i'll say just look me up on um what's your social i am simply courtney uh that's on instagram or you can look up simply courtney on twitter or you can look me up uh, <laughs> still hasn't done the website yet. I have a website that is like three years old, okay. but I still have not published yet. So I'm not even going to try to do it now. <laughs> um, but simplyhot.com is up and running. And that's where you can find all of the shows that I produce. Okay. Simplyhot.com, or you can look up Simply Haha on Instagram. We're always producing shows. And okay. so we have our weekly open mics, and we also mm-hmm. have our weekly shows that pop up too. Nice. That's awesome, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thank you for having me, dude. Look at these dogs just down here laying down, <laughs> taking cat naps. Yeah. And like, for some reason, they've been extra. Well, he's pretty clingy, but she's been extra clingy today. I don't know why. That's so. all right. Yeah. I, I like need it. you a little bit more than normal. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if they, they, they know companies coming. They just want to hang out. So I don't they know. did good. They were really good. I don't think we heard a single noise from either one of them. <laughs> so I think you can give them an A+. Plus. Yeah, they did. They you did also get good. all the treats. All the treats. You used to get all the treats today and all the snuggles. They sleep in the bed with you or No, I I, I did not want to do that because I respect I, that. I, I, I knew you they were gonna space. get really big and, and mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I, I, I need I don't need I can't have stuff on me. I feel that I, I, it's like that's not you. Yeah. So they're caged or they have their own little beds? No, they have their beds. So like there's like a guest room that's, that she sleeps on the on the bed there and then mm-hmm. he's got like a futon sort of thing. Well good. Yeah, and then there's a bed somewhere over there. That's yeah. all right. They live in life, man. They look like they're very well taken care of. As soon as I came in, they greeted me and said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> all right, man. Well, this was fun. Thank you for yeah, having me. Of course, dude. This Thank was a pleasure, dude. This was very on, pleasant, dude. man. I hope right. I answered some questions. That's it for the podcast this week, people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe. And if you want to follow my shenanigans on the line, I am at Halu2 on Instagram and Twitter, K-H-A-L-U-2, the number two, K-H-A-L-U-2, and that's it for the podcast, talk to you later, bye!